even if I had appreciated and understood what being on a team, how that could have benefited me, I didn't fully see how someone would want to necessarily be on my team because of my lack of experience and knowledge. So I wish I would have had uh, someone in my ear talking about limiting beliefs and helping me expand my mindset around that concept because talk about going further faster, even with uh, the health struggles I had, I think I would have cracked in the industry significantly sooner. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest, Amy Silvas, and she just shared an amazing story yesterday of overcoming an amazing challenge. I know you were encouraged by, if you didn't listen, I hope you'll go back and listen to yesterday's show. Prior to working in multifamily real estate, she spent 13 years in pharmaceutical and biotech industries, and she was attracted to the real estate industry because of her previous health challenges and wanted to help others navigate you know, illness. And today, she's the founder and principal of Silvis Capital with apartment investments in Alabama, Indiana, Georgia, Tennessee, and Texas. And she's going to help us to think through today some beginner things that we all wish we had known right when we were first getting started in this business. Amy, welcome back to the show. Honored to do some segments with you and focus in on some of your specialties and even getting to hear your challenge that you overcame, right? It's encouraging to me and I know it is to many of the listeners as well. But we're going to jump into some things today on what's going to be helpful for the beginners, right? People that are getting started in this space, some things you have learned. And many of us uh, were told at one time that it takes uh, you know a lot of money to get started in real estate, right? But I just wanted your take on some of these things and helping maybe the person listening who who is brand new, right? And they see real estate as maybe you did 10 years ago, right? Or, or longer, you know, maybe they just read that purple book that we talked about. Give us some insight into that. How much money does it take to get into this game? And we're going to dive into some of your tips on getting started. I love that. Yes. You think of large apartment buildings, we all just assume, oh, millions, right? That That's only for people uh, that are multi, multi-millionaires. But in fact, $50,000, as little as that can get you in the game to be a passive investor. So about half of our investors use self-directed IRA funds. That's another thing that that not many people realize is accessible to them. So I just love talking about it because of the light, you know, how people's faces light up when they see how accessible this space can be for them. Yeah, especially the self-directed stuff. I mean, a lot of people have some of that somewhere from another job or sometimes years ago, it's just sitting somewhere and they've not done anything with it. And it is, even if you don't have that much cash available, oftentimes that's just sitting somewhere and you could use it, right? To get started passively. You know, 50,000, you know, what about on the active side? You know, did it take a lot of capital to get your business, your real estate business started? I love that question too. Yes. And, you know, one of Robert Kiyosaki's favorite tropes is you know, other people's money, right? OPM. So, you know, there really is a way for you to have investors, have folks invest in your deals so you don't have to utilize a ton of your own money. So, uh, you know, it may take some coaching. It may take some mentoring uh, if you want to to learn the space, get some experience. But truly, e- even earnest money, you know, there are ways where you don't even have to put down uh, your own capital when you give an, a letter of intent to a broker. And so, yes, the, the barriers to entry are significantly lower than I think most people realize, which is exciting. Speak to how you educated yourself to gain the confidence to move forward in this space, uh, you know, whether that's through coaching, mentoring, or books, or what did that look like? Yes, I read quite a bit uh, first, Robert Kiyosaki's books, and then several other other 
folks that were in the space just to get a general idea. And then, yeah, I did enroll in a coaching and mentoring program that I found to be incredibly helpful. Uh, I know some people have various opinions about that, but it's really what you make of it. I found it to be hands-on. It was great to have someone who had, again, been somewhere or was somewhere that I wanted to go and to be able to lean on that experience as questions came up because, you know, it's impossible to read everything from a book. So that was quite instrumental. And then the network that actually came with that coaching program was another aspect that I found to be incredibly helpful. Finding other people that were on the same journey, that had different skills, were going to the same place that I wanted to go. I'm still business partners with some of those folks today that I met with in that program. So many benefits, at least on my end. Yeah, the network is oftentimes something I feel like is so undervalued when people see the big price tag to say, be a part of a mentorship program. When I signed up for a mentorship program years ago, it was $12,500. I mean, it literally, my wife and I were like, should we do this? This is more money than we've ever spent on anything. You know, like, should we do this? We were so hesitant and I'd never hired a mentor for for anything. You know, it was kind of brand new to the entrepreneurship thing and and, uh, the best money we ever spent. I mean, it was hands down. And that same mentorship, now, I think is like 60 some thousand, you know, with this individual. Uh, and so, you know, hindsight, if it had been 60, then we couldn't have afforded it at that time, but I would have had, had to have found a way if I knew then what I know now, you know, but the network so important. People don't think about that. You're getting a piece that man takes years to build. Right. That's exactly it. It is all about compressing years or months into days or weeks That's spot on. And it's, I think it's tough to kind of visualize and see that, especially Whitney, I really related to what you said about this. I was a first time entrepreneur. So it's a different way of thinking from that maybe W2 mindset, or maybe even just from an inexperienced mindset of how can such a huge investment pay dividends? What does a network really do? How tangibly uh, could that help me in my business and enable me to, to help others in turn? So I love that you brought up that point. Yeah. I mean, to the point now, I have numerous mentors for different things, right? And I'm paying a lot more than that, than even 60000 for mentorships on an annual basis. You know, it's like, I know the value in it. And so if you had to look back, Amy, 10 years ago, what would you tell yourself that you, or you wish you had known then? If you could talk to yourself and say, hey, Amy, you know, 10 years ago, this is what you need to know or about real estate or anything, what would that be? Get a team. I really had no concept of what, yeah, what that could look like. And maybe, and how that could benefit me. And maybe other people are kind of type A-ish like I am where, you know, if you're going to get something done, I can do it. I can get it going. I can, or at least I thought I could. And, you know, what really value would I have even more importantly to a team being so new? I think, you know, even if I had appreciated and understood what being on a team, how that could have benefited me, I didn't fully see how someone would want to necessarily be on my team because of my lack of experience and knowledge. So I wish I would have had uh, someone in my ear talking about limiting beliefs and helping me expand my mindset around that concept because talk about going further faster, even with uh, the health struggles I had, I think I would have cracked in the industry significantly sooner. Who are the first people on your team? Or who would you encourage, you know, that person that's that's trying to build that team now or thinking about getting into the space? Who should, who should be the first people on there? I really think people that are established in the space, if you can find a way to add value to folks that are successful, that have complementary skills to you, everyone has something that they can bring a value, even if it's just time or something in your corporate background or another skill set 
or maybe you're in a location where other you know folks are looking to to establish or invest. Yeah, but I think having again just re- reiterating that common theme we're talking about, Whitney. But being around folks that are already where you want to be, that have that experience, is invaluable beyond words. How did you get around those people? It was part of the mentorship program. It forced me. It was really a nice built-in concept. And one thing that was really surprising to me uh, that was different than single family with multifamily, that it's not enough to simply have a down payment to be able to get into this space or to be able to have uh, the amount of money the bank requires for you to get the loan. You need to have the balance sheet and you need to have the experience uh, most often. So kind of built into this process was having to find a sponsor, having to find someone with that balance sheet and that experience to get the loan for my first property. So yes, it was it was definitely the network from that coaching mentoring program that forced me into networking and really was the catalyst to help me get my first deal. So why would somebody partner with you with no experience, you know, as you know, somebody that has the balance sheet and experience and, you know, I mean, I've, I've lived that as well. I needed that early on, right? Now people are asking me for that. What does that look like though? Or what did it look like for you to, for this person to trust you, right? In that way to say, okay, Amy, I know you haven't done a deal yet, but I'm going to partner with you and sign. I'm going to sign on the debt with you. Yes. I passively invested with them prior to uh, wanting to do a deal with them. I would love to say that that was strategic. It wasn't. I didn't think that far ahead, but it did provide the groundwork to build this great relationship where, um, you know, this partnership, this passive investing was actually a joint venture uh, where I wasn't part of the general partnership team, but I was, you know, a JV that had some roles and responsibilities and starting off small like that uh, and doing the things that I said I would do and being prompt and being professional and, you know, going above and beyond kind of my roles and the scope uh, within that team to find ways to help everyone. Again, not with the expectation of getting anything in return, but simply living that kind of go-giver life, if you will, to quote that Bob Berg book that I love so much. You know, time uh, and building trust is is a tremendous way to, yeah, to, to have someone view you as a strategic partner moving forward. So that was very beneficial. Any other thoughts on just what it takes to become a real estate investor? You know, there, there is this concept of taking strategic risks, you know, really building a belief table, if you will, to quote my great, one of my great coaches, Trevor McGregor, of realizing the education that one has gone through or you have gone through, the the people you're surrounding yourself by, and knowing that if you're going to take a step, what feels like a step into maybe oblivion, the road is going to rise to your foot, to your feet, and you're going to be able to figure out uh, how to make something work. There is a real aspect of taking action, even though something isn't perfect, that I think we all need to come to grips with as real estate investors. Investors, and surprisingly, it'll serve you very well and be exciting. I promise. Love that. Can you give us an example of maybe how you you did that? Gosh, you know, I think buying my first property. It's easy to think of all the things that can go wrong. It was during COVID. We all remember year-on-year GDP was plummeting, unemployment was sky high. Uh, we were hearing you know, little bits and pieces about an eviction moratorium on a national scale. Those are a lot of reasons to say, hey, you know, maybe this isn't the ideal time to do this for the very first time. But again, on the other hand, there were many things that were in my favor. A lot of people were scared to invest. You know, there were still residents that needed safe, secure, affordable housing. And from kind of a moral and spiritual standpoint, you know, there were reasons in that column for me to to take action, even though, you know, I was a bit scared. So yes, thankfully I did take that step and you know things have turned out tremendously well not only for our residents but our but for our investors but that first deal especially during such an 
uncertain time was quite frightening. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. And I know Trevor uh, pretty well. Great guy. And uh, I, I often use a phrase, you know, done is better than perfect. And we want to be as, uh, I mean, as perfect as we can be, which will never be perfect. But oftentimes, you know, we we delay because we're waiting for it to be perfect, right? And then we end up taking no action. And so I just, I think about that often. So I love that. Just a good reminder for us. What about any other steps that you would recommend to jumpstart somebody's career in real estate? I mean, 10 years or many setbacks, right, for you. Anything else that we haven't talked about that you could say, hey, this is going to help you to jumpstart your career? You know, I think aside from the, the the educational piece, getting a coaching, you know, getting into a coaching program, if applicable, reading books, passive investing, I think is always a, a great way. And just taking action, getting experience, even if it's on that tiny scale. I think those are all really exciting ways to gain the, the knowledge and experience that will help you build that foundation to get into the industry. What about, was your husband on board with the real estate business? Yes. One of my biggest cheerleaders. Love that. Yeah. It defies logic, if I'm quite honest, because he's a he works for the Los Angeles Department of Water and Power. He's an electrical mechanic. He's got a safe, secure job and isn't necessarily entrepreneurial minded. But you know, he married this woman that thinks she can defy the odds and build a real estate empire. Um, And again, similar to my parents, one of my biggest champions. And I don't know that I would have been able to overcome all the obstacles I did without his his love and support. And he sometimes sees the vision more clearly than I do. I'm in the weeds and he can, you know, see the overall picture and the overall strategy. And, uh, you know, of course, our faith journey as well uh, as it relates to all this. So he's amazing. I'm so blessed. That's incredible. I I know I I could not have done it without my wife, uh, you know, just the support. But how was he educated in real estate at the same time that you were like pushing towards this thing. Obviously he's working, uh, you know, all this happening. We're trying to figure out how we do this, but you know, how was he educated in this and come along along beside you as well? This is going to make you laugh. No one's asked me this. This is a great story. Our second date was at a real estate boot camp. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Uh, I was so determined. This was, gosh, back in 2014 or 2015. I was so determined to continue my education and, and push into this space that I let him know that one weekend when he wanted to hang out, that I was actually spending it at a boot camp. And I thought, if this guy's interested in this, this may be a good sign that that we both have similar uh, desires and plans for our lives. So he did attend that that three-day boot camp with me, which is a great way for us to get to know each other. Smart move on his part. Right? Smart man. But yes, you know, he's continued to attend conferences with me, read books, even the coaching programs that I was a part of. He participated to the best of his ability, you know, things during the day and all that. He's got a, a regular W-2. But yes, having him join on the journey and having that be part of our our marriage and our relationship has been a lot of fun and has kept us aligned, I think, on this vision. Amy, I appreciate you sharing that and really diving into more of your story of getting started as well, right? And helping so many others to do the same. Before we jump to the next segment, because we're going to dive in, I know to some market research and even uh, some acquisitions type details and how you've done that. Uh, tell listeners how they can get in touch with you and we're going to continue tomorrow. Perfect. So silviscapital.com. Uh, again, Whitney, I know you'll you'll put the, uh, the funky spelling last name in the show notes. Pay attention to that. And if you'd like to hear a little bit more about specifically what we've done and how we think about real estate investing, silviscapital.com backslash webinar is a great way to reach me. Thank you for being a loyal listener of the Real Estate Syndication Show. Please subscribe and like the show. Share with your friends so we can help them as well. Don't forget, go to lifebridgecapital.com where you can sign up and start investing in real estate today. Have a blessed day.